Good morning, afternoon, or whatever time you're tuning in, and welcome to Benjamin, a podcast with me, Benjamin Paz. Today I have a special guest, my dear friend and Queen Elizabeth Baldwin. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. It's so good to hear your voice. You too. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about body, mind, soul, all sorts of things when it comes to mental health and, you know, whatever happens from there, because this is a podcast. So what have you been up to lately? How have you been surviving this crazy time? So I have been unemployed. I think I'm in like the 70s now of days that I've been unemployed and at home and I mean, we used to work together, so mm-hmm. we get the whole like bar life thing. Yeah. So coming from that to coming to nothing is just, <laughs> I don't know. I deep clean my house and I have spent hundreds of dollars on plants. It's like I have this little jungle in my house because yeah. I have time. So really, honestly, I've been baking bread like every other white woman in their 20s and <laughs> yeah that's and, a big trend I've seen that everyone's making some damn bread which hey that's everyone great. is making bread right now they have to <laughs> in other ways since we can't make it you know in the way we usually can. <laughs> yeah. yeah so I would say like bread plants and just cleaning my house that's really okay. it sleeping sleeping oh my god I'll sleep for like 12 hours a day and wake up at like and be like huh but yeah it's, I exactly. think it's a lot to do with stress too because like I mean I know my parents always said in college when the tough uh when the going gets tough the tough go to sleep which I think is great that's funny that's yeah, actually yeah. that's like my that should be like my mantra oh yeah it's yeah. tough bitch take a nap take a nap <laughs> you have to you have to Um, and so I know that you took a break from social media for a little while. I did too, because like, it was so important for me to like, get off of like all of the, uh, what seems like just the same little like hamster wheel race of, you know, trying to post stuff and whatever. And I've been doing, I've been getting back on there now, just like doing it because I want to, rather than just like scrolling. It's like the same thing on Facebook. I feel like I just get on to post my shit and then get off. I don't really Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not bitch. Can I cuss on here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, great. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm like, wait, do I need to be like... I think so you nice can, way? yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can. Totally can. Um, so, yeah, that's how I feel with Facebook, because the Facebook is so, like, polarized nowadays. Yeah. That I literally get on there and, like, say whatever I want to say, and then I just get off. Last night when you were like, oh, yeah, do you have the Facebook app? Like, you should do your avatar or whatever. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I should probably download the Facebook app because I don't even have the app on my phone. I use fucking Safari and I get on and I (laughs) shitpost my stuff and then I get off (laughs) and I just like close the tab so then I don't get notifications. But yeah, I totally, Facebook is like a whole other giant turd. Oh yeah. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like, so, I mean, there's so many like old people on there that (laughs) I just don't really care anymore. It's it's the boomer ball. That's all it it is. is. The boomer ball. It's the boomer ball. It really is. And like, I stay connected with family and stuff on there, but Instagram is really, I mean, I've been on Instagram since, when did Instagram come out? I was, 
I, I feel like it was like 2011 maybe or yeah. no it was earlier than that wasn't it um yeah when did it come out I can't even remember here let me see I want to like check and see when it came out yeah I feel so I it, was in high school yeah it launched in 2010 I think I remember being because I would have been a sophomore because every year that I was mm -hmm. in school lined up with um, what grade I was in. So like if it was mm -hmm. 2008, I was in eighth grade, you know, that kind of a thing. So yeah. Oh, like, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So like the start of the year would be what year I was going into. Cool. So I could oh, always remember, I can always remember like that way. Yeah. That. yeah. 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 Oh but I mean, back then it was just so like crazy how like, it was like, oh, we're getting, we can just get on and post like cool photos. And then like, you Mine know, was all Oh yeah, like it was like, look at my Taco Bell box. I'm 16. <laughs> yeah, I'm 16. <laughs> and with all the awful filters that they have on there, I mean, like, I I can't even. I just can't. I, no, I know, I know what you mean. Like I, going back, I'm like, what? The <laughs> was I Sienna on everything. <laughs> See, whatever the fuck it was. But, yeah. Yeah. So the social media break, and I I loved. I could tell when you came back because you're posting all this beautiful like super creative content you had the yeah. bubble gum oh my god i was like baby ben has been busy i have ben has yeah. been busy and <laughs> i loved that and i loved all of your like meditations that you were doing thank you and just for me with the social media a lot of people and i have a lot of friends that have a very unhealthy relationship with social media and i have created such a healthy relationship with it because i'm very secure in myself and i practice a lot of self-love which we are going to i'm sure talk about this entire oh, yeah. podcast and for me <clears throat> it was just more of like i had been in dallas working for a month and then I got sent home early because of quarantine and I came back and I had all that pain and frustration and there was all that anxiety and confusion and mm -hmm. uncertainty and just this constant like feeling in my body of fight or flight. Yes. And I was so used to Instagram being this place that I felt love and acceptance and community. And, you know, I worked five or six days a week. I worked long late hours it was a way for me to connect with my friends and have relationships. Like I could not see you for five years, but if we see each other on Instagram and I talk to you, I still feel like you're my friend. Right. And it's a platform that you get to share your life with people. And that's a gift to be on a platform where you choose to share your life with people. And with me, I mean, you know, I put it all out there. I yes. think that vulnerability is a huge, huge, huge asset that we should use to help people, to make people Always. feel loved. And that's what I felt Instagram was, even though it's owned by Facebook, which is the devil. But <laughs> I started feeling about, uh, I don't know, about three weeks into quarantine, maybe. It was in the first month. I just started feeling really bad. And it was intensified by Instagram because of what people were posting and people weren't social distancing. And here I am, mm -hmm. this huge fucking social butterfly. I will never forget in third grade or second grade, my teacher wrote to my mom on my grade card that I was a social butterfly and that it was gonna hinder me in life. And I yeah. think about that bitch now. Yeah. And how I am such a social butterfly and I'm so loved for it. And I have gotten so far in so many different areas for being a social butterfly. And it's just like, 
when, when it stops being like a gift, sharing your life and being social with people. And it, it creates this, like, just this negativity. Yeah. I have never taken a break from Instagram. That was the first time in my life that I had taken a break from social media in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe I do a couple of days here or there, but not with Instagram. I've been on Instagram every single day for at least a few hours since 2010, since I was in high school. So it was really hard for me. I did, I was off for like two weeks, which if you think about it, like two weeks doesn't sound like a long time. And no one really said anything, and that's good. Maybe they did privately, but no one said anything to me about like, oh, that was short-lived because I, I was worried about that. I was like, damn, I'm going to get off here for myself and do something and love myself, and then people are going to be like, oh, you only made it two weeks, when it wasn't about that. And those are just the types, right. yeah, and those are the types of people yeah. that I'm like, you're the problem. Yeah. But two weeks when you're quarantined and you have nothing to do besides stare at your fucking walls. <laughs> like imagine taking two weeks away from Netflix or Hulu. Like you'd be like, what the fuck do I do with myself? Yeah. So two weeks in quarantine, not on Instagram is totally different than two weeks during normal life because you just sit and mindlessly scroll on your phone. Yeah. So it was very hard. I felt very left out. I felt sad, but every time I started feeling the urge to get on Instagram, first off, I replaced the place where the app was with Duolingo and I started Oh, that's amazing. Yes, so anytime I clicked that space, Duolingo would open. I'd be like, well, I guess I gotta do a French lesson. Yeah. Well, I guess I gotta do a Spanish lesson. So that was helpful. And that's such a constructive way for you to to, combat that urge. (laughs) Absolutely. So if anybody is thinking about removing social media from their phone, the app or whatever, don't just move it, literally delete it from your phone and put an app there like Headspace or a meditation app or Duolingo and it's right there or your bank account if you want to, (laughs) (laughs) or your banking app. Yeah. And then it'll stop you from postmating your third meal this week. I don't know. (laughs) but it it did me it did me really well and I mean how how did you coming back on I appreciated it so much more yeah and there there wasn't that edge I don't know for you there wasn't when I started coming back on the app I was like yeah Instagram's just not the same for me like it, it didn't feel as dependent I wasn't as dependent on the app that I didn't feel like, oh, I got to see everything. Oh, I got to check on them. Oh, what's this? Oh, I got to reply to this DM. Like I got back on and I was just like, huh. Yeah, I don't really need this app. Yeah, I I think it becomes like a job for so many people. I mean, most people, instead of like, you know, like when I take a, when I took a break from it, um, I really allowed myself to not, worry about what other people were doing and really like just do those creative ideas that I had been wanting to do for a while and then release them whenever I wanted to. Um, And, you know, more people react to that because it's authentically what I want to present rather than I need to post this thing or I need to do this or blah, blah, blah to make other people know that I still exist. No, I mean, that that really is it. And I think that Instagram also becomes this platform where people are trying to prove something to somebody, mm-hmm. whether it's themselves. And if, 
<clears throat> excuse me, they just don't realize it or if it's to everybody else, because I know with me, there were people on there that I was, re I am really good friends with. I've said was, cause I was very angry, but yeah, there were people on there that I'm friends with that I was so disappointed in their behavior and how they were acting about quarantine and how they weren't quarantining. And right. it gave me anxiety because I love these people and I care mm -hmm. about these people and I see them out hiking with friends or getting coffee or having people over to their apartment and playing beer pong. And here I am a social butterfly isolated and and scared and lonely and granted I have it better than other people. I live with my partner. So it's like, I have that you human interaction, but it's different. It's yeah. different. There's a difference between hugging your, your best friend and hugging your, your partner, your significant yeah. other. Same thing with an animal. Like I would die without my dog. He's kept me so much company, like mm -hmm. <laughs> so thankful for that. But it is different. It's different not seeing someone face to face and it's different seeing someone through a screen. So it's hard when you're seeing your friends be reckless and you're at home being safe because then you're worrying about them and you're already worrying about your family and your friends, but to see it, it was just too much for me. And it was making me really angry and really bitter. And my stories were filled with me just fucking ranting. And that's like a very trademark thing for me, but I, <laughs> but I try to do it in a way that is productive and oh, yeah. not just me being like a fucking bitch. Well, yeah, you're advocating something or, you know, speaking a truth rather than just trying to be nasty. That's not ever yes. your intention. And I think that's some yeah. people's intention, you know, that's a whole nother story, but that's never been the way that it's come off to me or like probably anybody that's watching it. And if it has, then they've got something in themselves to look at of why this bothers them and you know, how can I learn from, you know, whatever you or whoever they're watching is saying. Yes. Rather than just rebut, you know, rebuttal after rebuttal and, you know, trying to, I don't know, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you mean. It, it is. It's in that taking a break. I recommend it to anyone, mm -hmm. even if it's for a week, but I would do a minimum of a week for somebody and for some people that may be really easy. I mean, I only have like 1700 followers. Like it's not like that's, I'm this that's fucking, where I'm at too. Yeah. It's not like I'm this fucking influencer where I'm like have 10k, 20k, 500k. Yeah. But when you do take it away. Yeah. But when you have like smaller followers, but I bet I engage with with 50 people regularly. Oh yeah. On Instagram, mm -hmm. like regularly, easy people from all over the country, all over the world Yes, that I have these like friends with. So it was really hard to not have those people to talk to, but I think that people in general should use social media platforms, especially now, like I said earlier, for vulnerability, for mm -hmm. communication, a lot of people like myself included aren't in therapy right now because we don't you know, I don't really want to zoom my therapist and pay a hundred dollars personally. Right. I want to go cry on that beige couch for a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to sit in my kitchen on FaceTime and cry. I do right. that every day anyway. Yeah. So why do we need to have that element? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to pay to cry in my house. I want to pay to cry at the therapist's office. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah. I can listen to rain on me on the way home, bitch. 
please oh my god <laughs> it's such a cultural reset it's a moment it's, she's giving us the dance album that we've been fucking waiting for yeah and if people aren't happy with it or whatever they can fuck off because this is literally what she's giving yes us. and it's incredible black pink is in the video honey i love k-pop i'm fucking <laughs> ready i'm already standing the this fucking album these yeah. videos so hard she literally could just say the same sentence over and over again but with her dance track underneath and i'd be yeah. like this is this is the cultural moment we needed exactly Lady Gaga is gonna, her album is going to be the only good thing that comes out of 2020. i know i did the, i started doing this thing on here where i do like an album of the week but so far like i feel like this is just going to be the album of every week until the Chromatica. next comes out so Chromatica. i don't even think i'm going to keep that segment going i really don't yeah, right Literally. i really don't. That's good. It's so it's I'm so ready. It's yeah. I bought those seventy five dollars sweatpants. I don't know. Oh my gosh, that. amazing! I need to get the jock strap just because like every gay is gonna have them. <laughs> Not just yeah. You're gonna go to a grinder hookup and everyone's just you're gonna pull down your pants <laughs> and they're gonna pull down their pants and it's literally gonna be you're gonna be like, oh my god, oh. are you wearing the chromatica jock strap? Oh. oh. <laughs> that's amazing no oh, actually okay. speaking of grinder i took um i haven't been on it since uh quarantine started because i took a mental health break for myself from that too mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of times i will lessen myself to make other people feel comfortable oh you mean like when people are like oh you're too femme for me yeah Meanwhile, yeah. you wear fucking lip gloss and highlighter. It's not like you're showing up to a fucking grinder hookup in full drag, which if you were, <laughs> who fucking cares? Right. But I can't, yeah, that's a whole thing. Like It's a whole nother thing. Yeah, like I'm queer. I am queer. Yes. I am not only just like an advocate for LGBTQA+++++++. plus 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 plus. I know. I, so it's like a lot of people because like i i portray myself as a white cisgender female huh. so it's like when i <laughs> people get kind of confused sometimes when i'm like oh no like i'm queer i'm you know whatever pansexual yeah so like i don't understand the whole grinder thing i mean i understand it but like me i grinder isn't for me right it, it, it isn't for me so it's like I live for Grinder. I fucking love it. But I also like don't understand it because I follow this Instagram page and it's like, fuck, I can't remember. I'll have to text you, but it's something about like bottoms, like forever bottoms or something <laughs> bottoms. And it's really funny, but people like, they like post Grinder things. Yeah. Some of y'all are risky as fuck. Oh, the yeah. gay men are risky as fuck. Like you guys could show up for a Grinder hookup and get murdered. Uh huh. And yeah, you know, I just like, I, I wondered if I was going to come out alive. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's is it like the sick rush? <laughs> like, I think like, it is. I mean, it's something about, you know, the male the makeup that makes us like crazy for that shit, even though like it's not the best idea ever. So <laughs> I have wondered how all of my gay men are doing not being able to be on Grinder and actually physically hook up with people. Right. I'm sure that the DMs are wild on Grinder right now in isolation, but 
I'm right. like, are people still, were you showing up like with a fucking mask? <laughs> <laughs> no, there have been times where I've seen stuff where people are like, I'll keep the mask on or <laughs> no. like, oh my God. <laughs> That's no. just so strange to me. I love that shit. But I can see how um, you would need to, like, get off of, of grinding. Yeah. I mean, it's this funny joke in the gay community that, like, everyone's always like, I deleted Grinder, and it's, like, a game of how long it's going to be until, you, you know, you reactivate your profile or whatever. I mean, it's just the same kind of thing as, you know, Instagram or something, but... Uh, or like you get in a relationship and you know it's real when they both delete their grinder. Yeah, and it sucks that I mean that's that's hilarious and funny, but it's it so also, funny. Like oh, it's so hilarious. Like oh, uh, uh, like okay, we're getting serious, so can we like delete this now? Like it's mm-hmm. just a funny <laughs> conversation that like gay men have to have a lot of times. Yeah, right. Yeah, Literally. yeah, it's really strange, and like I I definitely have been like, I mean, really lonely when it comes to like you know romantic antics but at the same time I really had to look inside myself there was like a spell of days where my depression was really um I was really battling with it I think it was like probably like a week and a half ago um while I was still at home because like even though like I have the most amazing family and they're so mm-hmm. loving and caring and I I'm so grateful for them being back in the south in Georgia really brings out a lot of those feelings that I used to have when I had to be less of myself and whatever mm-hmm. so I really had to check in with myself and say I'm not lonely because I can't you know, hook up with somebody or I can't um, be in a relationship or, you know, get to know somebody, but I'm just lonely because I need to make sure that I'm being my full self here. Because you were suppressed. Right, right. It is is like a kind of a form of suppression where you're suppressing yourself based on where you are in your, can you not whine while I'm on a podcast. Cash. Cash wants to make an appearance. <laughs> he just felt really emotionally charged by what I said. <laughs> As a gay dog. <laughs> As a gay dog. <laughs> As a gay dog, he has empathy for the uh-huh. situation. But I, I, oof, I, I cannot. I don't know what that's like. I, but I, I have like such empathy because I can imagine what Mm -hmm. it's like to go home and while your family is so accepting and I love that so much because I always worry all of my friends that are queer I always worry and until I ask the question like do your parents know you're out are your parents cool with this it I get this like oh my god it makes me sick to my stomach because Mm -hmm. the idea that there are parents that don't accept their children and that they go home or they go to family Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever, and they can't be their authentic self. Yeah. That kills me. That fucking yeah. kills me. So I always, I always worry about that. But when you told me that your parents are like so supportive and awesome, mm-hmm. it like makes me so happy because you are such an incredible person mm-hmm. and such a visionary <laughs> and so like authentically you, you know what I mean? Like we have that in common. Like we are yeah. so fucking driving that nail into that board that we are ourselves and we are fucking unapologetic. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if you don't like my picture on Instagram. I don't give a fuck if you don't like my back rolls. I don't give a fuck if you think I'm wearing too much highlighter. I literally don't care. I don't care. Just be nice and be accepting of people. It's really not that hard. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's not that hard. So like you go back to Georgia and if people 
are rude to you, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a projection from themselves. Like they are insecure. They can't be that person. They're hateful or they're lonely or they're sad. And that's, that's what's really helped me is just be like, okay, you're being mean to me because you have problems with yourself. Yes. Because I'm not mean to people because I don't have problems with myself. I mean, you know what I mean? Like we all have insecurities and stuff, but like, I don't, I don't bully skinny girls. I don't bully them because I'm insecure about my body or I don't bully people that have, that got plastic surgery or got their lips done because I wish my lips were bigger. Like that's, that's not how you go about life. No. Ever. Exactly. And it it is a lack of self-love. What are some things that make you feel the most love for yourself? Like what, what do you, what do you do or what do you say? Is there like a mantra that you go by every, you know, every day or that kind of a thing? I wish that I was more of like a mantra person and I, I really want to get into like the gratitude journal and those types of things. Yeah. It's and hard to keep trying. I mean, I, I try, but it's hard to do it every day. It really is. Yeah. Not so I'm, easy. I'm a Sagittarius mm-hmm. and I fucking live. I love chaos. I thrive in chaos. (laughs) It's like, I'm a chaotic fucking bitch. So it's hard for me to establish routine. So like with working out, with meditation, with um, any kind of like exercise, mental or physical, it's really hard. And I, if you look at like my job history, I always work jobs that are like chaotic and the schedule isn't set and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. It's like, I put myself in these positions. So I think for me, like what I do that makes me feel really loved. Number one, I am a shower slut. I am. Uh, I hate it. I definitely waste way too much water, but I have an HOA, so I don't have a water bill and my HOA is really high. So uh I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to take a 40 minute shower if I want to. Oh, yes. So my biggest self-love, I have a red light in my shower and red light therapy is so good for the skin, for the body, for the mind. Mm -hmm. Red is just, red is a very sensual color and it makes me feel really connected with my body. So Mm -hmm. my biggest self-love is I get the shower really, really hot and steamy. I'll do like a couple drops of like an essential oil mm-hmm. in the shower. And then I lay down in my shower with my rain head and uh, I just the lay there and I put like a head like wrap on and I just lean back and I'm laying in there. I put a face mask on and I will literally, I don't even listen to music. Uh, I just lay there and I close my eyes and I listen to the water and I can see the red light through my eyelids and it's steamy and I will probably lay there for 25 minutes, Mm -hmm. 30 minutes. And then the last like 10 minutes of my shower is like me rinsing my face mask, washing my hair, washing my ass, like pits, tits, you know, just going for it. That's my biggest self-love thing that I do for myself. And then, well, obviously it's self-love, but, and then I love to cook. Yes, you do. That always makes me feel really good and I think it's because I'm like giving my body substance like you need food to live right you need it to live so it's what you choose to put in your body is really important 
And I used to think of self-love as rewarding myself or treating myself with something bad for me, mm-hmm. like going like, Oh, treat yourself. I'm getting fries and, and ice cream and a burger for dinner. Treat yourself. Well, no, like all food should be looked at like it's food and you need it to survive, but you can make choices that make you feel best. And I try to do that. So like baking my own bread without preservatives and getting a bunch of veggies and doing like a curry with like, just like a big ass bowl of rice with curry on top with veggies that I just like washed and cut and cooked. That stuff makes me feel so good. And don't get me wrong. I definitely indulge. Oh yeah. We we have I had a cinnamon roll for dinner last night Woo. because I was in a foul ass mood and I'm like, what will make me feel warm and fuzzy? And I was like a cinnamon roll. Curious. So I had a cinnamon roll for dinner and it's like creating that self-love with food doesn't need to just look like I'm rewarding myself with, you know, the sweet, salty fried stuff. It's like, oh, hey, I'm going to make this beautiful smoothie. And I'm going to sit on my porch in the sun and I'm going to drink my smoothie and, you know, touch my plants and water them and prune them. That is like self-love. I think self-love connecting with your body is the most rewarding way to do it. Absolutely love yourself with makeup and purses and shoes and, you know, whatever. But Mm -hmm. yeah, ones that you really like connect with your body physically I don't work out. So let's just put that off the table. Yeah. That does not make me feel good. But, <laughs> but that, 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 those are my big self-love things. What do you do? What do I do? I love taking a bath with like Epsom salt and bubble mm-hmm. and putting like five, uh, or I think it's a stick, six stone bath. So I like put in like crystals and stuff and like, I'll put them like aligned on me. And then whenever it falls off, you obviously don't need it anymore, like in that area. And so like, it kind of helps me calm. I'll put on some, yeah, and I'll put on like some ancient, like Egyptian music or something like that and really like get into myself because um, not to get too spiritual or whatever. I mean, you can never be too spiritual with me, but um, I (laughs) definitely feel like in a past life, I was Egyptian, like in one of my like recent ones. So or at least that I can remember. So connecting with that energy helps me kind of check back in with my universal body as well as my physical one. So Mm -hmm. that really helps a lot. Um, Writing music is self-love to me. So, I mean, it it really is like just, you know, writing a diary, but in song form. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. Definitely those two things are at the top of my list um, as far as self-love goes. Yeah. And just helping other people makes me feel more love for myself. No, I get that. So it's not necessarily self-love, but it just, it makes me feel happy when I can help other people. Is that one of your love languages? I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And physical touch, definitely. So this has been hard. Yeah, see, I, that's my low one. It's really weird. Because I wouldn't say that I'm not a touchy person. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm very physical with my friends. and. Uh, affectionate but it's it's really strange like I I don't need that back it's really Mm. weird but like my love languages are like gifts and services so like doing things for other people and people doing things for me like those make me feel really loved Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I get that from my mom my mom is like all about 
she's on every fucking board committee <laughs> like she never says no so I think that that's where I get that from and I, I think there's like lots of quizzes and stuff online that you can figure out yours. So I definitely recommend to anybody that doesn't know what their love languages are giving and receiving definitely should check that out. Yes. I think my sister actually had me take one of those tests or two of those tests at home. And I can't remember if it did say physical touch, but I was like, bitch, that's definitely one of them. So (laughs) (laughs) literally you're like, Like, I I'm all into like that those kind of tests too. I used to see them when I was younger and be like, eh, that doesn't, that's not real or that doesn't make sense. But then you're like, uh, it kind of does. Even if it's on like a cheapo looking website that like you never should probably go to. With the ads for like athletes, but yeah, those ones. <laughs> you're like, Tell so me who I'm meant to be with. Scrolls past the osteoporosis medication ad. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Exactly. Going back to cooking, um, you're vegan. Can you kind of explain your journey with all of that and how long you've been vegan and, you know, nourishing your body in that aspect? Yes. I'd love to talk about that. Yeah. No, I I will talk about veganism any day. Uh, So for me, I grew up in a super small town, very like farm driven Like when we got a Walmart, people lost their shit because we, you know, it's just super small. Everyone's a farmer. Everyone shows cattle in 4-H. So I grew up eating meat. Like most Americans, you just, you never get a choice. You just eat what your parents give you. So, you know, you grow up eating meat and it's like normal. And then I remember, I've always been a big animal lover. And I remember even when I was really little, when I would go to like the fair and when I found out that all, all of the animals that are there, the cows, the pigs, the goats, all of them there are there to be slaughtered. Yeah. They are raised and shown and then they are purchased by somebody and they are killed. That fucked me up mm-hmm. so bad. And I, I, you know, the internet wasn't really that big of a thing. We are literally the last generation where the internet was not super accessible. Right. Like I remember going home and like dialing up to get on AOL instant messenger, like to get on AIM and like talk to all my friends and like Mm -hmm. sit at the computer. I remember that. And you know, it just, for me, I didn't really have the means to research. And then, you know, high school happened and I'm still eating meat, but then I remember being in high school and being like, ugh, like, why am I eating meat? But it was all that was served at lunch, and it was very prominent in my family, and we had meat uh, every meal. Yeah. And, you know, we bought all of our meat at Kroger. We bought it from a local farmer, and I just grew up kind of eating meat. And, and you don't, you don't really have a choice when your parents are buying the groceries, so I understand you know, if, it, if, if I had a daughter and she's 17 and she says, mom, I'm not eating meat anymore, or I'm going vegan. I can understand from a parent where you're like, you're going to eat whatever the fuck I cook and buy for you. Yeah. You can buy it. Mm-hmm. So I got out of high school and I went to college, was still eating meat and stuff. And then I had a period where I was like vegetarian where mm-hmm. I stopped eating meat, but you know, I was like, oh, well dairy isn't bad because they 
you know, the, the cows are still alive. I yeah. did not really get into it like fully until I moved to Nashville mm. and I was kind of on and off. I'd only eat meat if I went out or I just buy chicken at the store and I cut out beef and then, Oh, well I'll just eat fish, but I don't really like fish. And it was just kind of like this flip flop. Mm. And then I have been officially, I have been vegetarian for about four years, mm. almost five. And I've been vegan for three. Oh, wow. Solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy to think about really, because it feels so much shorter than that, which coming right. from someone who doesn't eat cheese, you think you're listening. You're like, I could never give up cheese. Well, I haven't had it in three years yeah. and it doesn't seem like that long. So for me, becoming, moving into a big city is really what did it for me. Mm-hmm. Because I started becoming friends with people that were vegan. Uh-huh. And then the internet is this crazy thing. And then I start researching. It took me one video of watching animals be killed in a factory farm for me to just be like, I can't fucking do this. Yeah. I can't fucking do this. I can't fucking do this. I saw one video back in the day, like 10 years ago, of a puppy mill. And I was like, I will never purchase a dog. I can't do it. Mm. So for me, it's like, Sorry, step on call. So for me, it's like, if you watch one of those videos, in my opinion, if you watch one of those videos and you see those animals and you're like, it's okay, I can eat eat beef. For me, it's just like, what do you stand for? Yeah. And I I try to be as nice and approachable as possible. I really do. Because I don't have hard feelings for anybody that eats meat. My boyfriend eats meat. I cook, I cook meat for him. I don't really like to, but I will. So for me, it's like, what are the negatives of being vegan? And that's how I usually portray it to people. Mm -hmm. What are the negatives of being vegan? Okay. You don't get to eat cheese. That fucking sucks. It really does. Cheese is delicious. Don't (laughs) get me wrong. Cheese is fucking delicious. But when people are like, I can't live without cheese, but then, you know, it does become like an addiction, like the cheesy taste and the texture. I totally get it. <laughs> Stuff is way better with cheese on it. I get it. I think meat vegetarian is easy. Being vegetarian in 2020 is so fucking easy. Yeah. Gosh, it's so easy. And, you know, for me, I just always try to encourage people to, because I have people message me almost every day and be like, hey, I want to go vegan. You inspire me, blah, blah, blah don't go vegan right away. Mm. It is so problematic and hard to just cold turkey, go vegan. I, right. I think people should do vegetarianism, see how that goes, or just cut out red meat and pork. Go straight to chicken or just be a pescatarian. Yeah. I loved pork. Pork was my favorite. So that was the hardest thing for me. Mm. But yeah, dairy makes me feel like shit. If you cut it out and you come back to it, it'll make you feel like shit. It's just very hard on the body. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing I would say, honestly, for people to go vegan, if you take away all the ethical shit, the animals, because some people just don't, it doesn't bother people. Like my boyfriend, he could, you know, kill a pig, butcher it and eat it and not even think about it. Because there are people that believe that animals are on the planet, that God created animals on the planet to be consumed. And I respect that. But for me, I look at it as a sentient being, as someone 
or something, you know, I say someone, something that feels emotion. They feel yeah. joy. They feel love. They feel sadness. They feel fear. So if you take all that out and you look at it from an environmental standpoint, mm-hmm. which I think is very important right now, especially yeah, with the whole coronavirus and the climate. So if you just fucking disregard everything I said about the feelings and you go from a climate change, it uses trillions, mm-hmm. the, the farming and the agriculture of animals. Yeah. So the animals use trillions of gallons of water a year. Mm. And it uses less resources to grow plants to feed people than it does animals. Animals also release a fuck ton of carbon dioxide into the environment. Mm-hmm. CO2 gases. Yeah. Climate change. Our earth is getting hot and hot and hot. 20 of the hottest years were in the last 22 years. Mm-hmm. And people say, oh, well, of course it's getting hotter. But why do you say that? Yeah, of course. Why should, <laughs> why should every year get hotter and hotter and hotter? Why should every summer get hotter and hotter and hotter? And then what people don't realize, crops are hard to grow the hotter it gets. Yeah. And then they're like, people are so concerned about dairy farmers and pig farmers and beef farmers. They're so concerned about them, but they aren't concerned about the people that grow the plants to feed the fucking cows, to feed the people. And it's, I think it's, it's a number, it's, it's a, it's around 70. And I can definitely, but it's around 70 Mm -hmm. percent of the agriculture in America grown is to feed livestock. Wow. Mm -hmm. So if you think about all of the earth and all of the plants that are grown on it for eating, most of them are going to livestock and agriculture. And there are so many people that are hungry and so many people that don't have access to food. But if you took all that land and you grew plants that cleaned the air, that helped you know, with soil retention, those nutrients, Mm -hmm. and you didn't have this cattle that's shitting and pissing on the earth and breathing out CO2, Mm -hmm. and you have all these plants that take in CO2, and it it just, it doesn't make sense to me that people would be like, animal livestock is not bad for the environment. I mean, it is, it really, it really is, and, and, you can even go into like the mental health of the people that work in these factories that have to kill these animals. And and you just think about it. So for me, it's really a no brainer when it comes to veganism and people always ask the question, are you vegan for the ethical reasons or like the health reasons or, you know, like environmental. And I always say all of them Yeah. because there's no negatives to being vegan diet wise. There is no negative to eating a plant-based diet. None. I don't care what anybody says. I get plenty of protein. I get plenty of iron. I get plenty of B vitamins. You can get all the nutrients that you need from plants. You Mm. just can't. And that's the beautiful thing is that we live in a world where it is so accessible to be able to eat a plant-based diet. And I really think that more people should just try it. Just try yeah. it. But you have to give it more than a couple of days. You've got to do a couple of weeks. My first 90 days of being vegan were very hard mm-hmm. because 
I hadn't been eating meat, so that was easy, but I had been eating dairy in every single meal because you almost take the dairy and supplement it in for the meat. And that was very hard, but oh my God, there's so many more vegan alternatives to things nowadays. Oh gosh. Yeah. Three years ago when I went vegan. So you're literally saving animals lives. That's a plus. And then there's people that are like, Oh, what if they go extinct? Okay. Well, baby, because people are always going to raise cows. Okay. People are always going to do it. It's not going to be illegal. Yeah. It's because they aren't going to go extinct. Yeah. They aren't, but like cows live to be 20 years old, Uh huh. but they're killed at like two. Right. They're killed at three dairy cows. You know, they get five, six, seven years in them and then they get slaughtered because they're hooked up to these machines. And, and it, it is really hard to talk about something that I'm so passionate about. And I feel like sometimes I can be, I can come off very judgy or very pushy, but it's just because I'm passionate about it. Well, yeah, and you want to make people aware of what's going on. I mean, that's the that's the main thing. Yes, very much so. And it is, they're really just black and white. There are no negatives to eating a vegan diet. And I don't ever want someone to feel bad or have a guilty relationship with their food. But I want people to see the bigger picture and not just the instant gratification of going through McDonald's and getting a double cheeseburger or going to a restaurant and getting a steak because all of those animals had feelings and, and the environment that they were in negatively affects the only planet that you live on. Mm -hmm. So I just encourage people one day a week, eat a vegan diet. One day a week, mm-hmm. one day a week, one day a week. If every single person on this planet, one day a week went vegan and people do it on accident, but if everybody just made the conscious effort to not eat meat and not eat dairy one day a week, it, it mm-hmm. makes a huge difference. And I think veganism, I read the other day, it's gone up like 312% wow. in the last five years. And that to me makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. And I just think about all the carbon emissions that are being saved and all of the animals that aren't being, you know, put in these environments. And mm-hmm. I follow a lot of like sanctuary pages where people rescue these animals from the slaughterhouses. Oh, wow. And I haven't even like mentioned the health effects. Like it's just, there really are no negatives to being vegan, Yeah. but everyone has a choice of what you want to eat and that's totally okay like i have no problem if people want to eat meat or dairy Mm -hmm. it is your choice some people don't drink some people do it's just one of those things i just encourage people to research about it now that we maybe don't watch anything yeah it's just it's it's like people are encouraging people to take walks now because it's better for their body and the earth, you know, is healing because the lack of people and the lack of production that are out emitting, you know, the CO2 and all of these nasty chemicals that cars emit and factories and that kind of stuff. So I also encourage people to, to look into veganism and the best thing you can do is follow people on social media that are vegan, follow people, follow people that bake, follow people that cook and learn to really like plants because 
they're delicious. Like I literally are, am eating vegetables that I wouldn't have eaten five years ago. Yeah. I hated mushrooms. I would have never touched them. I thought they were disgusting. But now I literally look at mushrooms like they're steak and like, I love them and they're wow. so delicious and your palate changes. And I really think that if any, if anyone can do one thing to reverse climate change, it would to, to be, to eat a plant-based diet. Like it's, it's the easiest thing that anyone can do is to eat a plant-based diet because it has literally like percents of negative effects on right. the earth compared to, you know, all of the grains and agriculture to feed livestock and then all of their like byproducts that they put into the world. So yeah. definitely I miss cheese. I always will miss cheese, but <laughs> it comes with like a very heavy price when you really think about it. Yeah. It's, well, and yeah. for a heavy price for the animal too, who's being, you know, who's being treated that way. So, you know, it's the, it's a, mm-hmm. you know, yin yang to everything. And I know that every, cause I, I know people that are like, my family is dairy farmers and like, we don't treat our animals that way. And it's like, I understand that, but all yeah, the but animals still. die. Right. They all die. They mm-hmm. all die. It doesn't matter. You have a fucking pizza in front of you and it doesn't matter which slice you pull it's pizza. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it doesn't matter how ethically and unethically you raise them. They're still being raised to be killed, whether it's yeah. dairy, they still are being used to be killed eventually. It just, it is what it is. And, you know, it's very sad for me, someone that is a very heavy empath and oh yeah, my mantra to myself, I guess I do have one is <laughs> My body is a temple. My body is not a tomb. Mm-hmm. I do not put th- dead things in my body because my, my body is not an animal's casket. It's not where its flesh is going to sit in my body. My body is a temple. I give it things that bring life. Plants bring oxygen. Plants you know, radiate in the sun. And for me, it's like I want to put fruits and vegetables and grains and these things that fuel my body as opposed to something that I put inside of me that suffered and died and it sits in you. Right. It doesn't process the same as plants. Honey, going vegan, be ready to shit all the time. <laughs> because those plants be moving through you so fast. <laughs> be ready to have the healthiest shits of your life <laughs> and fart a lot, okay? Oh my God. Because that shit... Powered by plants, okay? Powered by plants, that's great. That's Literally. So great. And it's so awesome, like, living in bigger cities where there are options, like, of mm-hmm. commercialized, you know, yes. healthy eating. I mean, that's kind of I how I think of it. I mean, Yeah, like, like how's com- L.A. compared to Nashville? Because Nashville's, like, a big foodie town, but it's still, like, barbecue and burgers. Right. But there are these little, like, vegan pockets where they're, like, eat healthy plants. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of places here. Like, um, there's Tender Greens, which is, like, a restaurant. Well, I think we have Tender Greens in Nashville now, but it's, like, a really healthy um, place that a lot of people go. I don't know if it's totally vegan or not. I'm, I'm But it's, like, plant-based. Like, plant-based. True yeah, food is, like, is plant-based. Mm-hmm. There's just tons of plant-based places here that I haven't even explored yet. Because, I mean, I've basically been here for, like, 
I don't know, two and a half months since I went home for a little while and came back. So like, I'm, I'm still like discovering everything, but everything just feels like a better quality of life here. And people are more aware of like, mm -hmm. um, what they should put into their bodies and what they shouldn't and that kind of a thing. So I definitely feel like it's just more available here than like small town where I grew up. Like, I mean, yeah. um, where I mean, it's different are, when I go home, I'm literally eating like fucking rice and beans. Right. A lot of vegan options in, in my little tiny town in Ohio. Yeah. So it definitely is harder for people. I will never hold that against somebody at the same time. Like, Hey baby, like you can go to the grocery store and buy vegetables and grains and get all the nutrients you need. But the alternatives are really what like skyrocket you into veganism because your body is going to physically miss having a burger, physically miss having a hot dog, having mac and cheese, because that's what you're used to eating. Mm -hmm. So when you look at a bowl of arugula with chickpeas and beets and vegan feta and nuts, like you look at that and you're like, I don't want to fucking eat that. I want to eat a hot dog. Or like, I want to eat pizza. So having those vegan alternatives, which are harder to find in smaller towns, yes, you really do kind of like hit this roadblock of like, oh, I'm I'm sacrificing. Right, right. Oh, that's so true. Well, before we um, kind of bring our episode to a close, is there anything that you want to talk about? Hmm. In addition to what we've been talking about. I feel like we've covered a lot of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Hmm. Honestly, I don't, I don't know. What did you guys talk about in your last episode? So we talked about sexuality. Mm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we talked about just like coming from a small town and, you know, how... And we talked a little bit about this um, earlier in the episode, like being like a queer person or being in the you know community um, and not being accepted by your parents. I think the hardest thing about this month is that like all the pride festivals are either postponed or canceled. And so people that are used to having that celebration um, aren't having that. And so we mm -hmm. talked a lot about that. Um, and that was really great to get to talk to Philip about that because he is um very involved in the human rights campaign and like heads up the gala and stuff like that so yeah. i wish i was more involved in stuff that's definitely something that i want to be doing because i really do feel like i'm an advocate for a lot of things and i'm very vocal and i'm not afraid to say what i think and i'm not afraid to stand up for people especially like me like i'm a minority where i live like i'm a white woman and in the neighborhood that i live it's predominantly Latino, yeah. Black, um, Middle Eastern, those types of things. So I, I definitely feel like, especially with the Lana Del Rey thing, like I definitely feel like yeah. America stepped into this huge like race issue. And I feel like it's predominantly really hard for LGBTQ people. Oh yeah. Cause I, most of, when I look at my queer friends, most of them are people of color mm -hmm. and it's so much harder for them than it is for me. Like I never had a coming out story. I never did because right. I've always just been this way. Like my parents 
didn't give a fuck. My family doesn't give a fuck. Right. Like my, my boyfriend, I have a boyfriend. He is a straight cisgender white male. And it's like, he doesn't get it all the time. Like he accepts it, but he's like, why? Like, you're my girlfriend. Like, and I'm like, yeah, but like you could have a vagina and be a, be a trans man and I, it wouldn't bother me. And he right. doesn't get that because, you know, he, he also was raised in a small town and he was, you know, he's very heteronormative and it is what it is. And I love him the way he is and he loves me the way I am, but there definitely is this sometimes this confusion. But then I look at like my friends that are black who have no relationship with their family. Yeah. And it breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. And I know you and I were two fucking white people and we yeah. have really awesome families. And oh, I, yeah. I think about how lucky I am. And I wish that I, I wish that I knew what I could do to, I think I use my platform well. I think I do. But yeah. I, I I sometimes feel so helpless Yes, because of my privilege. Mm -hmm. I feel so helpless because I I want to help people and use, use who I am and what I look like and where I come from. And I want to help people, but I don't know how. Yeah. And it makes me feel really sad and really helpless when I see people who cannot live life like I can because Mm -hmm. of their skin color. And it's so fucking hard that we still live in a country where people are discriminated against and treated horribly and killed because of, because of what they look like. Yeah. And I, and I, I, it makes me sad that we don't have pride this year. I mean, we do, but we don't physically have pride this year where I can't see my brothers and sisters of color out celebrating who they are in their probably sitting at home with their parents who who either don't know that they're queer or gay and don't know how who they are yeah I feel really really helpless and very sad that we won't have that this year where people can fucking wear assless chaps and glitter (laughs) and twirl around and And I'm sure people will find a way you know this way but it's going to be different um for a while and that's okay but yeah it is very difficult to um to not have that I mean it's LA's 50th year of pride this year 50th anniversary and I'm like ah but it'll be okay it'll be fun yeah it definitely it's it's very different and vegan plug uh if we didn't eat animals we wouldn't have a fucking pandemic but that's the tea you know (laughs) (laughs) that's the tea and people are like oh it's bats and i'm like yeah do y'all not remember swine flu yeah (laughs) but yeah i think that that's something that i really wish that i could get more into with organizations and stuff like that and obviously i can't right now because of the whole quarantine but i i always had this dream of being at pride and performing and and being that advocate for people yeah being that like i want to be the one who opens the door for someone to speak their voice like i will shout for the people whose voices get get you know, lost in the crowd. Like I've always been that person. I will always stand up for people. And I wish that 
I knew how to use my platform better and maybe I do an okay job. Like I, I think that I, Oh, you I'm do. A, you do a great job. I'm a good ally for people. Um, but I, that is one thing that I've, I've definitely worried about are all of the, um, people that are feeling really suppressed right now. And I mean, I know that you were even feeling it being, yeah, and I mean, being in Georgia. Like yeah, I, I'm one of the most, you know, uh, I guess flamboyant would be a great word or bold or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, people that I know. And so having that feeling again, even though I didn't have to have it was very weird. I don't know, but yeah, I, I definitely feel for all of those people and hopefully they can like, do you have any like helpful tools for those type of people if they like feel a certain way? Well, first and foremost, I will be anyone's hype girl. So if anybody listens and is like, I feel really bad about myself, I will fucking hype you up any day. <laughs> every single, every single person has something that's beautiful about them. And if I got to tell you what it is, I will. But I think, I honestly think, I think the best thing that people can do is use social media, use their platform to their advantage. Even if that means you're making a second profile that your family doesn't know about, slide into people's DMs, follow other people. Like for me, I learn so much about like rights and privilege and, and like just respect for other cultures and struggles of other people from social media. Yeah. Like I recently learned that the word tribe is fucking horrible and that we should not use it. Mm. And I found it on a Native American. It was like a Navajo Instagram page and how they were like, we need to abolish the word tribe. Like that is our word. And I learned about Palo Santo, like how we need to be careful how we source it, not just buying it off fucking Amazon or, yeah. you know, whatever, because it's a sacred wood. And it's, it's like social media is such a powerful thing because I have learned so much about other people that are fucking treated like shit because of who they are. Yeah. And then I get to use my platform to post about it, to share about it, to talk about it, to let people know. And without people doing that, I'm not going to learn. Right. So if there's someone that feels suppressed or feels frustrated or feels lost or feels like they need to get something off their chest, fucking put that shit on social media. You find someone just like you and you message them and you talk to them about it and you put yourself out there because what did I say earlier? Vulnerability is one of the most beautiful things us as humans, we get to experience is vulnerability. Yes. It is not a fragile thing. Being vulnerable is beautiful and, and kind and inspiring and all of these things. And I just, I hope that someone like me can use my life to help other people have their voice heard and, and help other people be inspired to be who they are proudly because I am who I am proudly. And I want everybody to be that way because it, I mean, you know, it's fucking liberating. Oh, it, it is, is liberating to go out into the world and just be like, fuck it. Obviously we don't have the same dangers as some people do. Right. You know, we have trans women and men being killed Ugh. because of, being in public for who they are and that's horrible but yeah. you know I hope that in the next 20 years 
if we have another 20 years. Uh, climate change will be irreversible by 2030, but that's the T. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we get that shit together. But I'm hoping in the next 20 years, at some point in our lifetime, when our generation and the generation above us comes into control, Mm-hmm. things really change and we have like aoc and we have these fucking badass women who are fucking doing shit right now but i yeah. just hope that like i hope that someday our world leaders look like us you know what i mean all right mm-hmm. that's they're like us. on my mind too yeah and that's, that's a whole other fucking podcast episode but <laughs> I hope, that's my biggest thing like that's my i hope that i want to live in a world where people are like us mm-hmm and people are proud of who they are and people are kind to each other. And that's really, and people eat more plants. I just want people to eat more plants. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm so proud of who you are and thank you so much for coming on here and talking to me. Can you give everybody your social media, even though I know it, <laughs> so that they can like check you out and see what, yes. you know, what all you're posting and everything. Or they can slide into my DMs and be like, I hate you. Yeah, why, we love hate mail. It means that. you're doing something right. <laughs> right? If someone doesn't like you, it means you're doing something right. Yeah. Uh, so my social media, I don't have, I have Twitter, but I like don't use it. Yeah. So um, the best way that you can reach me, call me, beat me, find me, would mm-hmm. be Instagram. And it's at 50 shades of cats. And it's 50 with a five and a zero. The number, not the word. Yes. So... And then don't add me on Facebook because honestly, I'm kind of mean about politics. So <laughs> it's really just to throw shade at my family and family friends that are Trump bumpkins. So, <laughs> but yes, please Instagram. I love uh, experiencing other people's lives and seeing them. And like I said, if you need a hype girl, I'll always be that girl for you. <laughs> I love that. That's perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on here. And if you're listening and haven't subscribed yet, make sure to do that. And I will see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.